millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sport, the world's number one side now in real danger of being bundled out of the World Cup after a punishing defeat to Australia. So where does Owen Morgan and England go from here? Steve Harmison hopefully has the answers because I'm struggling. It was a stellar display from Australia at Lords, typified by their captain and centurion. Aaron Finch. Very happy. I think you can't win the tournament if you don't make the semi. So, so that's the first part ticked off, which, which is a really nice feeling. And um, we've played some good cricket throughout so far. So, touch wood, it keeps going uh, in the right direction. More from Finch and Morgan later in the show. It's me, John Norman, and him, Steve Harmison. You're listening to Following On. Well, here we are, Harmy, me with a, uh, a croaky voice. You know, I was uh, shouting at England at times today and not for the first time in my life, watching them lose to Australia in a World Cup. Um, plenty to uh, to dissect, to look, uh, look back on and ahead to. But, uh, I mean, firstly, what do you put it down to, the reason that England have struggled so badly in the World Cup so far? I just think, John, I think they've, they've struggled in situations where they've had to think, um, reevaluate what the game situation is and go, ag- and go again. That was what they should be doing. And they just don't seem to be doing that for me. They don't seem to be uh, playing the game situation as well as they should be. And I think what I mean by that is there's times out in this World Cup so far, uh, teams can bowl well, teams can, teams can bat well. And all of a sudden, England keep going down this steamroller, trying to go and keep going and keep going. That's the way we play. And for me, it's it's not working because they're getting they're getting into passages of of play where it's tough, and they don't seem to know. Well, they don't want to get out of it by just consolidating. Today, they're perfect. 
Absolutely perfect. At Lords this morning, standing outside the Danubius Hotel after breakfast show, 10 past 10, and I'm looking at the clouds thinking, oh, come on, Owen Morgan, win the toss. He win the toss, he win the match here. Put the ball in the right area, and Australia don't stand a chance. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing the first five overs, ball going short and wide. Next five overs, short and wide. Next bowler comes on, ball short and wide. And all of a sudden, it, it it just didn't seem to didn't seem to stop. And then you go into the baton, and we're losing wickets by getting caught on the boundary. You know, Owen Morgan caught on the boundary. Josh Butler caught on the boundary. James Vince, unfortunately for James Vince, you know it was a bad time to get a good ball. You know he's struggling for confidence, struggling for runs. You know, he's not sure if his place is going to be. He places up on offer, and he gets a beauty off uh, off uh, off Berenoff, which is yeah, you know, done him for pace and done him for swing. And then they, again, they just kept on going, you know, playing poor shot after poor shot, and nobody other than Ben Stokes in the last two games has really adapted to the situation well enough to give him to give themselves the best chance of winning a cricket match. And that's the worrying thing moving forward because you know it's only going to get tougher from here. India, then New Zealand. Then possibly, you know, we were hoping for a possibly get to the final. We're even talking about now possibly not even getting the semi-final. So all that is a big concern for our, for the for the England team going forward. Are you still backing them to win it? I'm still backing them to get to the knockout stage, and then, like I said many many times before, you know, to win it, you talk about do you back them to win it? Yeah, four, five, six weeks ago, you know, you backed them to get the knockout stage, and then that little bit of luck. Now, you know, that little bit of luck, the need to get to the knockout stage. If they get to the knockout stage, they've still got a good chance of winning it because that means they've played two very, very good cricket matches against India, then against New Zealand. So I still think they're in the tournament because they've got to play good cricket to get to a point to win it. But they've got some big soul searching to go. Uh, there's some big questions to be asked on the dynamics of this cricket team. Who goes in first? Can Jason Roy get himself in a position to go and play 85, 90% fit? Do England trust him to do that? Is Liam Plunkett going to come back into the middle and bowl in the middle where Archer, Wood and Wokes, for me, are still our best three seamers? So then do we change the dynamic because Mo and Ali doesn't look like getting a run at this moment in time and do we go with four seamers in Adil Rashid? So all these questions need to be answered. Um, and they have to get their, you know, they have to get them in the right order when it comes to next week when they play India edge Baston because I'd imagine India and Virat Kohli at this minute in time will be licking their lips to play against England because they'll see a team devoid of confidence um, and doubting themselves. Let's hear from the England captain Owen Morgan. Uh, I thought a lot of today we were outplayed. I thought we, you know, we needed to toss and bowling first. I thought we bowled well up front. A little bit unlucky. Australia seemed to play and miss quite a lot and build a fantastic partnership up front and capitalise on that by posting a, a good total. Uh, we felt the wicket got a little bit better, although it was still challenging. Um, losing early wickets isn't ideal, and not managing to make a substantial partnership. Contribute to winning the game, uh, hence being outplayed. 
Um, sun is shining now. It wasn't this morning when you won what looked like a reasonable toss. Um, you said your bowlers bowl well, but were you disappointed that Australia could get to 123 before that first wicket went down? And, and B, did you think their bowlers were a bit short on occasions? Yeah, um, oh, no, I don't think so. I've, uh, the wicket this morning was soft when we first started. Uh, choosing to win the toss and bat would have been <laughs> but a horrific decision. Um, I thought they bowled really well. You know, when you're making guys play and play and miss continuously, you're bound to create opportunities, but we didn't manage to do that. Um, so Aaron Finch played really well, capitalised on the start that he got, um, and right through the innings, probably until about the 25th, they sort of dominated. I thought we pegged it back really well. For a long time today, they looked like they were going to get 330 or 340. To restrict them to 280 was a good effort. So you felt pretty hopeful at the halfway mark? Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Um, but I think when you make inroads early and get us 20 for three, it obviously pegs us back quite substantially. And Australia, a team you've had a, a lot of success against over the last two or three years. How galling is it then that you lose a game with this context with so much on it? Um, I think given the circumstances, it's, it's not hugely disappointing. I think, you know, our faith is in our own hands the next two games that we play. Um, I think if we can control that and produce performances, we'll be in a healthy position come the latter stages. Is there something, though, that you've got to quickly turn around now? You head up to Edgebaston, I think, for the India game on Saturday. Yeah, I think everything we need to turn around is, is quite simple. Um, we're not going to search for anything that's, that's not there. The basics of the game have let us down the last couple of games, so we're going to hopefully improve in them moving forward. Owen Morgan speaking to Michael Atherton on Sky Sports. Was he protecting his bowlers by going to town, really, and saying how well they bowled with a new ball? Because that flies in the face of what most people were saying at the time and since. Yeah, I think I think he is protecting his bowlers. I, I thought Chris Wokes... I know Aaron, uh, Aaron Finch said that Chris Wokes bowled well, and he did. He put the ball in a, a pretty area, an area which stopped um, stopped Australia from scoring which was you know, what you want. That's what you want. You want to stop the team from scoring um, with the new balls, first 10 overs. But I actually think that sometimes you play the situations, you've got to get wickets, especially when there's cloud cover at Lords, balls moving around a bit. And I actually think England could have bowled a lot fuller, fuller in Wokes and in Archer and in Wood. Uh, they could have bowled a lot fuller, challenged the stumps a little bit more, which would have brought... Batsmen coming forward, having to go forceful off the front foot as opposed to just waiting on the back foot and hitting the cut shot, hitting the pull shot and getting easy runs that way. And Australia showed us how to do it. Baranoff came up, pitched the ball up, gave it a chance to swing. So did Stark, so did Cummins. Um, and they really showed us how to bowl in the first 10 overs. And I think that was the difference between Australia and between England. You know, after 10 overs, 12 overs, Johnny Bairstow gets out. England are 54 for four. Uh, we, bowl, we bowl a bit shorter in length, give the odd freebie four ball away, and the first wicket goes down 20, odd, uh, 20 overs in, and Australia are 123 for one, and staring down a barrel then at a big score, and I thought we did well to drag it back. I've heard Darren Goff say that he thought 285 was a yeah, above par total. I didn't. I thought it was, I thought it was a par total. I thought on that on that wicket, England could get two eight five and a little bit more application at the top of the order. Let the ball come to them, play, you know, a little bit more Test match style like, uh, and give themselves a chance to get into the innings, and give them a best chance to chase the 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 the, the, the two eighty five down after fifty overs. 
And I think if they did that, they would have, the, the, England would have had a good chance of getting it because you know Stokes again looked in good order. Butler was in good order until he chipped one up in the air down to uh, down to deep square leg. It just it just seems that England at this minute in time, pressure situations, critical parts of the game don't have these answers. What do uh, England have to change? Their mindset or the personnel? I think a bit of both. I think Roy has to come back in the team, even if he's not fully fit, 100% fit. There's a lot of talk of who could replace Roy if he's not not fully fit. Don't really want to go down that road because I don't really want to say any more negative stuff about Alex Hales because I think Alex Hales is a fantastic cricketer. I just don't believe he should be given a chance to come back into this World Cup squad if Jason Roy is is, is injured. So we hope that Roy is fit. I think Plunkett, for me, against especially against India, I think Plunkett comes back in possibly for Mo and Ali. I think that would be a, a good uh, a good choice, and if Roy is not fit, then do we do we look to to bring in a, a Liam Dawson with the bat, or do we look to bring a Liam Plunkett in with the bat and everybody move up one in the order? That something wouldn't sit really that good with me either, because then we are you know we're short on our batting uh, and uh, to to one extra uh, to one element. Um, and overcomplicating things with the bowler and giving too many options. So I think England have got some big, big selection dilemmas and they've just got to hope and pray that Jason Roy is fit and a fit Jason Roy or an 80% Jason Roy at the top of the order will probably be better than what's been happening at this moment in time. England have got to number one from a 100% attack, carefree way about uh, approaching cricket. Is it time that they change that? I'd like them to play the situation better. I think that's the that's the thing for me. This carefree way of just keep going. This is the way we play. We are all gum players, and we bat all the way down to number eleven. Here we go and uh, start the car, fifty overs, and we'll get as many as we can. I think we're getting found out and aware that some of these pitches that we're playing on aren't as hit through the line of the ball as what we are used to being played on in English conditions. In our English conditions, which is are are prepared by English groundsmen as opposed to being prepared by the ICC, they are they're a little bit different to the pitches we normally get in our English summers, and I think the pressure of knockout not knockout games but games in a group stage, other than just a bilateral um, series where there's nothing really on it other than to go one nil up or to go two one up or to go three one up something like that. Um, I think the England are starting to crack a little bit under pressure. I think we're seeing, I think around the world, teams are seeing that there is a little bit of vulnerability in a mental, in the mental side of England's game, especially batting second. So England have got to hope that you know they win the toss up at Edgebaston, get themselves back on track. Roy comes into it and really sort of get a good performance, a confidence-building performance to continue the rest of this tournament because if we get beat at Edgebaston, I think we struggle to, to qualify for the semi-finals. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Let's hear from the... Aussie captain Aaron Finch. Very happy. I think you can't win the tournament if you don't make the semi. So, so that's the first part ticked off, which, which is a really nice feeling. And um, we've played some good cricket throughout so far. So, touch wood, it keeps going uh, in the right direction. And today's performance has that really boosted confidence again, given the lack of success that you've had against that team over the last two years. Oh, absolutely. I think that the England are a standout side, and they're a team that can take you apart with the ball uh, and, and with the bat at, at certain stages. So even we saw today, we got them four down quite quickly and then Stokes and Butler build a partnerships and, and Stokes, when he gets in, he's, he can be pretty brutal on an attack. So uh, it was nice that we found ways to keep getting wickets through that middle part as well. Um, to which you made two key changes to your team, Berendorf and Lyon, in today. Um, was that for that reason, to just try and keep pressure on throughout the innings? I mean, Jason Berendorf had a fantastic day for you. Yeah, he bowled beautifully. And, and I mean, there was a, still a toss-up uh, whether Pat Cummins took the new ball, who's been doing yes. such a great job. Or, but I think when you've got a guy who can swing the ball back down the line to a couple of right-handers early on, you use his best asset and, and you go with that. And he, and he didn't disappoint today. He was outstanding. Every time he was called upon, and when he bowled a long spell first up and then to keep coming back and, and picking up wickets was outstanding. Uh, Nathan Lyon was, was brilliant today. He, he didn't get the rewards, but I think the way that he bowled was outstanding. Um, two, two final questions, if I may. Talked about your particular batting, you won the Man of the Match award, but just a word, a word for David Warner because that opening partnership was absolutely critical for you. Yeah, he's playing nicely at the moment and, and people are saying that it's not the Warner of old which comes out and bashes and crashes, but I think there's been some wickets in this tournament that, that it, the bowling demands a bit more respect and, and uh, we've, we've tried to weigh it, or sum up the conditions as quick as we can every time, so um, he, he's playing nicely and, and today he was, he was really close to his best. He was disappointed when he got out because he, he just felt he started to get on top, but that happens in one day cricket, you're looking to be positive, so um, yeah, nice, nice that we could get us off to a good start. And you seem to have gone back to a tried and tested method. You, you said a couple of days ago, I think, you got sucked into trying to copy England yeah. a year or two ago, but you seem to have gone back to what's worked previously now. Yeah, well, I think 
we're confident with what we've what we've got, the way that we're going about it. I mean, for Australia, we've won five World Cups uh, in our history, so th- there's there's plenty su- to suggest that the way that we go about it is is the right way to do it. So whether that works every single day, well, I mean, it's I don't think any any method would. You'd be you'd be uh, an unbelievable side if that was the case, but uh, I think it just gives us the best chance to, to play our best cricket consistently. Is, is That's all we're asking for. Aaron Finch uh, talking to Sky Sports. Thanks to them for that uh, interview. I mean, Aaron Finch, as a case in point, he's got seven centuries against England. He loves playing uh, against us, that's for sure. But it wasn't that long ago that his place in that side was coming under real scrutiny. And I suppose it does show how quickly fortune can change. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely things can change. And I think responsibility, John, more than anything else. I think Aaron Finch's attitude, outlook to the game has changed on responsibility. He's been given the captaincy of the team. Warner and Smith went out the side. Finch had to become more of a, a mainstay player. He had to become the the lead figure at the top of the order. He had to be the most responsible at the top of the order. And now being captain, you know, it's all on his shoulders. And I think he's thriving with the responsibility of leading this Australian side. And by the way, he's leading it very, very well. His bowling changes have been excellent. His bowlers are bowling, bowling well for him. Um, and his team seem to be, as one, a collective unit moving forward for Australia uh, in a positive manner. So when you looked at it, I think before England before England beat Australia 5-0, I think they played something like 25 matches and lost 22. Uh, and since then, in the last 12 months, they've played 14-1-12. So there is a, a definite upturn and it's no coincidence that A, Aaron Finch is in charge of this side and B, he's batting very, very well. And unlike England, um, they seem to be coming together at the right time. Two changes after winning their last match and both proving to be not quite inspired in case of Nathan Lyon, but certainly in the case of Berendorf. Berendorf bowled beautifully. He, he showed England how to bowl on that surface, you know, which was pitch it up, give the ball a chance to swing. I think by all accounts, it was a little bit warmer, a little bit more muggy, uh, swung a bit more second half when Australia came out but you've still got to put the ball in the right area and I thought Berendorf bowled beautifully I thought Lyon bowled really well as well holding an end up what you want from your spinner just to contain ball swinging at one end you want to create pressure from both ends don't want to let the you know one end go at five six seven and over while the other end looks threatening and I thought Lyon bowled well for his team in that aspect alongside Stark who has been a champion throughout this tournament and Berendorf, who was probably a horses for courses pick at Lords because of the condition and they thought it was going to swing. So fair play to Australia's selection panel for, for putting him in. And you're right, they are looking good and ominously good at the right time going into the semifinals because that qualifies them for the semifinals. And, you know, you'd back them to, to beat anybody on their deer with a bowling attack they've got. Looking ahead to uh, the next game, it's um, New Zealand against Pakistan. And I suppose England will be hoping New Zealand beat Pakistan because it will mean that Pakistan won't now be in the hunt for a top four place. Who would have thought that um, at the start of the tournament? Yeah, definitely. And I think that is it, it, it's so important that England, that for England, that New Zealand do win that game. Um, and I think if they do win that game, that means England will probably qualify for the semi-finals they'll get fourth place and they'll end up being in a semi-final at Old Trafford 
um, probably against India because if they win all the the rest of their games. But it'll be an intriguing game. You can never write Pakistan off the way they've played in the last few games. They've been so hit and miss. Um, and New Zealand have got a, a, a couple of issues at the top of the of the order. But in Kane Williamson, how well is he playing at this moment in time? It just seems the you know, the, the, the big stars, when you're looking at the global tournament, big, big stars are performing. The Coley's, you know, Root. Um, S- Smith's performed well. Warner, Finch um, and Williamson has been has been New Zealand's shining light. And I think if he continues to do that, we could get to a, a semi-final. I mentioned this on the breakfast show this morning. We could get to a semi-final where, you know, the, 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 the big four, big five in in the world game and the baton, you know, uh, baton stakes of Williamson, you know, Coley, Root, Smith, Warner, uh, one of them were a, a good innings from one of them on their day, on a day out could actually get them into the final and also win the final for their team because of the way they are at the moment, they're all in decent form. Well, let's uh, find out a little bit more about that game. Scott Taylor, TalkSport 2, Scott Taylor has been casting his eye over events away from Lords in the Cricket World Cup. Thanks very much indeed, John. Here's what else is happening at the Cricket World Cup. After England's defeat against Australia at Lords, that leaves Sri Lanka, Bangladesh and Pakistan all in contention for a place in the semi-final. Bangladesh are just a point behind the host after they beat Afghanistan on Monday. Next up for them is India next Tuesday. An all-rounder, Shakib Alassane, is confident they can do the job. We have to play our best cricket, you know, to be able to beat India. They got world-class players who can, uh, you know, take the matches on their own hand. So we have to be at our best, uh, and I believe that we are capable enough team. Meanwhile, the 2019 Cricket World Cup is on track to shatter previous digital and TV records and become one of the world's biggest ever sporting events having already delivered over 1 billion video views across digital content on ICC's platform and social media channels. Audiences on Sky Television have been the highest for one-day international cricket for more than 13 years, with the tournament reaching 6 million viewers so far. More will no doubt tune into Wednesday's action as New Zealand will look to continue their unbeaten start to the tournament when they face Pakistan at Edgbaston. A win could also mean they qualify for the semi-finals. The Kiwis head into the game full of confidence after their nail-biting win over the West Indies on Saturday. And all-rounder Jimmy Neesham says it was good that they experienced pressure situations. There was a little bit of talk before the South Africa game that our middle order was a little bit untested. And um, we've now had two games in a row where our middle order has come through and, and done a pretty good job for us. So that's a, a bit of a tick in the box. Despite winning five of their first six matches at the tournament, New Zealand batsman Ross Taylor says they've not played to their full potential. I don't think we've played uh, anywhere near we're, what we're capable of. In the ideal world, you, you get 350 and, and bowl the team out for 250. Um, but the games have been really close, and as I said, sometimes it's just about getting across the line. It's a must-win game for Pakistan if they're to keep their semi-final hopes alive. But despite being consistently inconsistent in recent years, New Zealand spinner Mitchell Santner says they cannot be complacent against Pakistan at Edgbaston. I think they're very dangerous. Um, obviously, they've had a pretty good record over here. They won the Champions Trophy a couple of years ago and um, they're obviously coming off a pretty good win against South Africa. Pakistan have already shown their potential after beating England, but have also slipped to a heavy defeat to the West Indies so far in this World Cup. Head coach Mickey Arthur says they can be any side at this tournament if they play to their full potential. I know we can beat New Zealand 
We, we're alive and kicking, without a doubt. And we play our best game, we can beat anybody. If, whether that's New Zealand, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, our remaining games, or, or England, we showed. We put our three disciplines together, we're as good as any team in this competition. So will Pakistan keep their slim semi-final hopes alive? Or will New Zealand become the second team to qualify for the semi-finals? Be sure to listen to Thursday's following on podcast where they review this game and focus on the West Indies against India. Big thanks to Scott Taylor. Uh, well, uh, coming to the end of the show, Harmy, um, give, us, give us some positivity uh, to keep us going until that uh, make-or-break game on Sunday at Edgbaston between England and India. Well, I think the positivity, hopefully, would be Jason Roy getting fit and going out going out first for England. I think that's the most important thing. Um, Jared Kimber said this morning on the breakfast show that he thought he wasn't too far away from playing in the game against Australia. So that would be positive. Ben Stokes, yeah, for me, he was he was shattered shattered during this game against Australia, against Australia, and that was he throwing everything in bat, ball, field, uh, and he's he is somebody who is you know he's standing up to. Uh, the big stage of the World Cup and fingers crossed if the, the longer England stay in the tournament that continues um, but I think Morgan Bairstow, um and and Butler have to have a good good hard look and a soul search over the next few days to get themselves in a position to, to really get back into this World Cup because we've seen lots of glimpses seen, you know, Morgan's fantastic innings Butler's had a fantastic innings um, and Besto, yeah, he's been a bit scratchy. So for me, they're the ones that have to stand up because England need them. England need them big time. I've had one bad day in the field when it comes to the ball in this game. But I think the baton has to stand up because at this moment in time, that, that fundamentally is what letting England down the baton side. Brilliant stuff. Harmi, we'll, uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday uh, post that game and, uh, of course, part of following on as well in the next few days. So uh, great to have you with us uh, on breakfast as well. It's been a long day for you. Uh, hopefully by the time we speak next, we'll have a bit more positivity and my voice would have returned. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Never miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you for that next show on Thursday after West Indies take on India. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.